Hello and welcome back. My name is Stephen Green and this is the English with Stephen podcast. Today we have the second and final part of our little mini-series on the year 1066. In the last episode, I talked about what happened in 1066 with the French Duke of Normandy invading England and taking over the throne. You don't have to listen to that episode to understand what is happening here, but it might be useful for context and it's a great story, so feel free to go and listen to it if you haven't already. I will be here waiting for you when you come back. And if you have already listened to part one of this story, here comes part two. Well, here comes part two, just after this. This is the English with Stephen podcast. All of the episodes in this podcast are designed to help you learn English as quickly and effectively as possible. The episodes are short so that you can focus all of your energies on them. They also come with a transcript to help you understand and learn new vocabulary. You can find the transcripts as well as links to my social media and all the previous podcast episodes at englishwithstephen.com. Before we get into the effect of 1066 on the English language, I'd like to remind you about my site, englishwithstephen.com. On my site, you can find other links to the things you might find interesting. You can get the free transcript for every episode to help you learn and understand more. And you can get links to all my social media. For example, I'm on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So please, go take a look at englishwithstephen.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Englishwithstephen.com. And now, back to 1066. So, as I said at the end of the last episode, the Normans from France had invaded England and taken over the country. William, the Duke of Normandy, was now also the King of England. He also saw his nickname change from William the Bastard to William the Conqueror. And he didn't speak English. He spoke French. In fact, all of the nobility who now ruled all over England spoke French. French was the language of government and law and politics and everything else that was important. If you were the average Anglo-Saxon, though, life went on as normal. As long as you kept working in the fields, it didn't really matter who the king or the lord was, because you hardly ever saw anyone like this, be it Anglo-Saxon or Norman. You kept working away with the same group of family and friends. You lived and loved and did pretty much the same things as you did before. And you still did them in English. This means we had two different societies at the same time in the same place. There was a French-speaking society and an old English-speaking society. The French speakers worked in the towns and the cities. They ran the country. They were judges and lawyers. They were generals. They had money and did everything they could to enjoy it. The English speakers lived in the countryside. They worked on farms on the rivers and seas and in the forests. They didn't have much money and so didn't have access to the finer things in life. And this led to the two different societies having different words for similar things. Take the word cow, for example. Cow 
is an old English word and came into English with the Anglo-Saxons who brought it with them from Old German. However, the meat of a cow is beef and comes from French and entered English not long after the Normans arrived. The reason for this? Well, it was the Anglo-Saxons who worked in the field and looked after the animals, so they used their own word, cow. But it was the Normans who had the money and so could afford to eat the meat, and they used their word, beef. This is replicated many times throughout the language. We have the animal, deer, but the meat, venison, the animal, sheep, and the meat, mutton, the animal, pig, and the meat, pork. The exceptions are animals that Anglo-Saxons could sometimes afford to eat, like chicken and fish, where the name of the meat is the same as the name for the animal. But it wasn't just food where there are pairings of Old English and French words. The Anglo-Saxons worked in the woods, while the Normans went hunting in the forest. The Anglo-Saxons might wish for a wedding, whereas the Normans would desire a marriage. Anglo-Saxons knew that having a child would bring happiness. However, the Normans hoped for felicity with a new infant. Where there are two words, one from an Anglo-Saxon origin and one from a Norman origin, they usually have different connotations. For example, to begin is usually seen as less formal than to commence. Similarly, freedom is less formal than liberty. At other times, they have developed different meanings, for example, doom and judgment. English also imported a lot of words directly from French. Either the old English words disappeared, or there was no English word with the same meaning in the first place. This often happened when talking about government, law, religion, military or food and drink. A lot of the affixes, the words that you can add to either the beginning or the ends of words, also came from French at this time. In fact, while these existed in Old English, very few of them made it to Modern English. Instead, French prefixes like con, trans or pre, or suffixes like ants, shun and met replaced them. There were even changes to the grammar of the language, and this can be seen most clearly when talking about comparatives and superlatives. As most English students know, English has two ways to create comparatives and superlatives. If we're using a short adjective, like fast, then the comparative is faster, and the superlative is the fastest. However, if we're using a long adjective, like comfortable, then the comparative is more comfortable, and the superlative is the most comfortable. As my students often ask, why? Well, the answer is probably in the Germanic versus Latin distinction. You see, normally, Germanic words are shorter than the words which come from Latin through French. The Latin structure is to use more plus an adjective, or the most as an adjective. And in English, we use the same structure for longer adjectives, even if the adjective is not of French origin. Germanic languages often use a suffix on the end of the adjective, just like English does with er or est. And so we do this for shorter adjectives, even if they are not originally German. Finally, 
there were spelling changes that the Normans introduced. They heard all this English around them and tried to write it down, only they used the spelling rules used in French. This is why we spell Queen with a Q-U and not a C-W as it was in Old English. It is also the French who are to blame for having the letter H appear in words such as night and enough, the letter U in words such as house and mouse, and again it was the French speakers who insisted on using a C instead of an S in circle and cell. And who was it who decided come, love and son, the opposite of daughter, should have an O instead of a U? You guessed it the French-speaking Normans. We have looked at some of the changes in vocabulary, grammar and spelling that took place in English after the Normans invaded England in 1066. There are a lot more changes that occurred, but I think that is about all that is necessary to go over for one day to give you an idea of what happened after 1066. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can go to my site, englishwithstephen.com, for a free transcript of this podcast, as well as for links to my social media and a whole lot of other stuff besides. Thanks for listening. Speak soon. English with Stephen is written, recorded and edited by me, Stephen Green. The music you hear at the beginning and end was written and recorded by my friend and former student, Beppi. English with Stephen is recorded in Curitiba, in the south of Brazil. Remember, you can find past episodes, transcripts, social media links and much, much more on my site, englishwithstephen.com. Thanks for listening and good luck with your studies.